we are back here it is the latest edition of the locked down chair shot podcast while everyone else is adapting to this uh, on-site working from home recording we were bored into it here in csp um we're back with another week of fun and games uh, all that you can do with Murphy. Joined as always by my ever dependable co-hosts. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Oh, there was you. You just cut out for me right at the end of your intro there. After mm. like three minutes of sounding perfect. Um. So if you want to just do another, not the full bit, just the little end bit where you say, well, "I'm Barry Murphy." Yeah, just do that bit. Bit, bit more energy this time as well. Come all on. right. Let's <coughs> really sell it. It's Russell Maniac! <laughs> yes, yes! <laughs> we'll go live, pal! <laughs> I've never seen a virus! <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Sorry. I am one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Well, sometimes the cure is worse than the disease, isn't it? That's what I've heard. Speaking of... Um... Yeah, good shit, pal. <laughs> well, how's it going? <laughs> oh, are we, gonna, are we just going to be doing Vince for, for two hours here? This, this beautiful... oh, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing Vince, that's just my new voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is a, uh, a a a nice enough bank holiday Monday uh, here in the old Europe. Um, we've got uh, we've had actually pretty decent weather uh, overall of Easter weekend. Uh, of course, none of us have been able to go anywhere, do anything to enjoy it. But whatever, you know, we've had it at least can pull up the blinds, let a bit of natural light into our lives. You know, small victories wherever you can get them, folks. Um, and so uh, with that we will jump straight into the old life golf. it was Easter gentlemen did you get up to any Easter fun in games while we celebrate the uh, death and resurrection of Christ it's so that, that's egg eggs that was it had a big Cadbury's cream egg well you're, no, you're... Not a, a literal big Cadbury's cream egg obviously I'm still dreaming about that I've been yeah. sending them emails for years but they still they still just won't do it they still persist with the little ones. I have uh, often wanted one of those, but do you ever stop and think about how vomitous that would be if it actually existed? Um, I have, but I'd still try it, to be honest. It's like, that would be the ultimate monkey's paw thing, where they wouldn't even have to change anything. Just give it to you, and then you'd realise, oh, actually, I don't want this. This is too much. But you'd have to eat it all to look safe face. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I I got a, a an egg uh, dropped at my door by my mother uh, as though as though she were the actual Easter bunny. No. Um, yeah. So we're we're you know making do as best we can. So I've had a little bit of chocolate. That is about the uh, the extent of the Easter activities. It's not really any Easter um, uh, media you can consume, is there? No, although I know it's BBC One have had all the Indiana Jones, uh, the four Indiana Jones movies on over the uh, uh, over the weekend, which they also do at Christmas. I think it's a bit of a 
bit of a you know bit of a cheat because you know it's only been three months lads mm-hmm. at least put a different series of movies on at easter from christmas because to me indiana jones is christmas I don't know what you have at Easter, Toy Story or something, but, you know. Toy Story or Bond, I think, like, Bond is always the go-to. Oh, yeah, a bit of Bond, a bit of Bond. Um, And, you know, these days, we'd be probably be up to Casino Royale now, I'd be saying, putting that on on the tele. Actually, no, maybe even Skyfall, maybe even Skyfall, Um, but, uh, and probably Shrek. Oh, yeah, a bit of Shrek. Um, Yeah. So uh, that's been that. How about you, Paul? Have you been upset other than having having an owl egg? Uh, well, I just now googled films with eggs in them to try and find like maybe a good list of Easter films. Uh, cool Hand Luke doesn't quite uh, count, and then about ten films called Egg. So we're going to move on from that feature. Now, how, <laughs> how about a little Easter film called uh, The Passion of the Christ? <laughs> Which is all about a little fella I like to call Jesus Christ. Uh, I've never actually watched The Passion of the Christ. Oh, God, no. I've seen it. Um, it's, very, had, it's real I long had, and real boring. Uh, just out of curiosity, uh, I did put The Last Temptation of Christ on my to-watch list. Okay. Um, just because I was watching, as we'll discuss later in Movie Golf, I was watching a bit of the El Scorsese um and i was kind of i was looking through his filmography because i was like god i really haven't watched enough uh, enough of the old marty and i was like oh you made a jesus movie without willem dafoe i'll stick that on the old list um not really in the mood to watch it at the moment you know it's easter and all that i want to celebrate his life um and not his death but uh yeah is that so, the film uh, I, I i don't know that it's ever been explicitly said but is that the film that the passion of saint Timulus from father ted is partially if not entirely based on um i would assume so because the timelines would match up it was early 90s wasn't it um i think uh, it might have been banned in ireland originally um i will out of curiosity i'm just going to pull up the wikipedia for the last temptation of christ um yeah and it is of course famously hearkening back to to our roots that is the the film of the old uh, ricky gervais xfm shows that prompted the old stable door closing conversation um because you said our roots i thought you were talking about catholicism (laughs) (laughs) my my nepal's roots specifically (laughs) ricky Ricky gervais uh, podcast (laughs) um yeah okay so it was a 1988 so it would have been about the bones of a decade before the um the the father ted episode like the novel the film depicts the life of jesus christ and his struggle with various forms of temptation including blah, blah 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 uh this results in the book and the film depicting christ being tempted by imagining himself engaged in sexual activities um but yeah uh, so it generated a bit of controversy um i don't see banning anywhere oh no actually no hang on here we go Uh, in some countries including Greece, Turkey, Mexico, Chile and Argentina the film was banned or censored for several years but no the liberal Republic of Ireland let it be shown Um, but yeah so that's how I spent my Easter scrolling through Martin Scorsese's filmography looking for witty things to discuss on this podcast um but I did not actually watch The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, if if anyone knows of a of an Easter film, please do email us in, and we'll make a little note of it. And then next year we'll have a we'll have a, uh, a an Easter movie guff. 
Yeah, and films with East in the title, which have been cleverly tweaked to Easter, will not be accepted. No, I want I want either uh, movies about Jesus. No, not just about Jesus, about the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Um, although uh, not ones like, like paid for by the church. Um, Starring uh, Shawn Michaels and... <laughs> Sting! <laughs> Actually, I will watch those. <laughs> Oh, it's just like Surfer Sting gets nailed to the cross, oh, and then and then Judas is down in the market. He's like, "Who's that in the rafters?" And it's Crow Jesus. <laughs> Kurt Angle's just watching on appalled. <laughs> Directed by Vince Russo, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. Also, you know, send us any. Like absolute garbage CGI uh, movie about birds who live on Easter Island who have to rescue all the eggs from the pagans. I don't know. Well, there was one. There was their hop with uh, was Russell Brand in hop. Yeah, Russell Brand and James Marsden. Ah, oh, sign me up. I'll just I'll just read you the description. I've got this open here. Um, <clears throat> e B, the Easter Bunny's teenage son. <laughs> <laughs> Heads to Hollywood, determined to become a drummer in a rock and roll brand. Band. Uh, in LA, he's taken in by Fred after the out-of-work slacker hits EB with his car. Jesus. So, uh, so it's just uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie with the Easter Bunny instead of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. All right. That sounds absolutely dreadful. Um, I think that's the only Easter movie. There was the one that we watched with like Easter Bunny and Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. What's that one called? Sounds like, like Super Smash. Bros. Rise of the Guardians. It is the Super Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. of the or the Avengers of the uh, childhood um, holiday heroes. Uh, that one was actually all right. But yeah, there's not too many Easter movies. That's the point of this interminable segment that Easter yeah, movies yeah, yeah. don't really exist. To, to, to loop back around, the networks are correct. I mean, she just watched James Bond, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, ha- Harry Potter seems to be strictly relegated to Christmas. They don't break out the Harry Potter any other time of the well, year. Well, that does have those movies do have Christmas scenes. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, and plus they are they are considered family epics. Although I don't know, like Sky Sports might start sticking it on fairly soon. <laughs> They're getting pretty desperate over there. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, none of us watched any Bond anyway. No. Uh, nothing so exciting. I did. Um, it, followers of mine on Instagram might have seen. I did pop round my uh, to see Mother Mother Towner on Saturday. It was oh, her yes. It was her yeah her birthday on Saturday. Obviously, she'd been kind of in isolation for a couple of weeks, so we popped mm. round with a with a gift and a card. Um, we were responsible that I knocked on the door, backed away six two meters, mm. left the gift. She came out, sang happy birthday from two meters away. And uh, yeah, we just sat five, five, ten minutes of uh, standing in the driveway having a chat. It was quite lovely, I have to say. Your video was was very, very nice. Um, you yeah. should have you should have sent it to fucking I don't know all the Facebook pages my mam likes, where you can be like, they wanted to celebrate their birthday, but there was a uh, pandemic, and what happened next will shock you. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I'll tag like Sky News in it, sure. <laughs> sort of old shit that they would show. 
Uh, that was quite nice, though. It's like I mean, you know, something for yourselves as well as as as, as Mother Towner. It was actually uh, the first um, Instagram story I've ever put on close friends. Ah, uh, I was actually thinking maybe someone will share it with the police and I'll get arrested. For... <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering yeah, why I didn't see it. You're on there. Uh, I must have just not looked at Instagram. On... <laughs> yeah, you're just never on Instagram. You know, that's that's fine. Uh, but no, you were. Uh, listen, I didn't have the measuring tape out, but you were you were obeying the rules. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, very very uh, re- respectable. Um, so yeah, well uh, well done there on that. Uh, and she doesn't call her son Mister Towney. <laughs> I actually just watched Homer the Smithers yesterday, uh. so that's 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 fresh in my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was lovely. Um, we'll jump into our, our various guffs uh, here, lads, our, our, our entertainment chit-chat about what we've been barreling through here in these um, in these lonely, sequestered times. Um, I don't think I have too much new to chat about. Still working through Gravity Falls. Still working through The Simpsons. I, out of curiosity, I was like, so I, I started when Disney Plus came out, started on season five. I'll probably go back and just start from the very, very beginning soon. Um, but I started from season five. I'm nearly through with season seven now. Uh, so I'm kind of curious after I get out of season seven. I'm going to see. I'm going to keep going until basically I just feel like it's not fun anymore. And then I'll stop. And I was kind of looking at the episode listings. Mm. And I got to around episode 10. And I was like, okay. Now, he, I was like, here, here's some of the episodes I, I, I really vividly remember as being actively bad. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, season eight. I'm like, oh, these are these are mostly still fine. Ah, that one's not great, but that's all right. And then season nine, I was like, oh, I remember none of these seem horrible, but all, a lot of these seem wishy washy. And then ten, I was like, Ech, this is this is where. So I'm, I'm, cur- I'm I will just, I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not making a point to work my way through the whole show. I, I just, you know honest opinion want to see how far can i get before i'm like all right this is not fun anymore but uh yeah still still in the heyday season seven still incredible well i remember uh, when when i did my full rewatch a couple of years back um i remember girly edition which is episode 199 of the simpsons oh yeah uh season nine episode 21 that was for me the point that the simpsons went from good to bad that specific episode. That's the the school newscast yeah, thing, yeah. is it? Now that's not to say that there's not bad episodes before that or good episodes after that, but that's the point. That's the tipping point at which The Simpsons became a bad show. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Mm, so for me, it's season ten. Well, season nine, season nine has some me, s- for me some serious wobbles in it. The, uh, yes, absolutely. Including the the Mary Poppins one as well. I, I always dislike that one. Um, but yeah, season nine is pretty rough. But I think it on balance, it kind of it's an okay season. But then season ten is just. Oh, sorry, season eleven is. Uh, yeah, the the Mel Gibson episode. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that one. I was like, "Geez, that's earlier." The the Mel Gibson one's earlier than I remembered. I I I felt like that was way further removed. Um, But but then I was looking at it, I was like, "Oh yeah." So yeah, I'll I'll see how it goes. But yeah, season seven at the moment. I mean, who shot Mr. Burns is still just it just insanely great. That whole that whole season is 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 phenomenal. You got Mother Simpson. You got you got. Homer the Smithers. You got twenty-two short films about Springfield. Uh, great, great. Bart Sills is soul. Oh my god, they're all they're all just 
it's it's wall to wall classics. And the only thing I'm not watching in my rewatch is um, the Treehouse of Horrors because I want to watch them on Halloween, and any of the the Christmas stuff. I want to save those for those mm. those respective times of year. But uh, yeah, and uh, I am up to episode four on Mandalorian, and um, yeah, it's a fun time. It is a it is a simple no frills. Here's just a shot in the arm of cool Star Wars stuff, and that's ostensibly all it is, and that's all it needs to be, and I like it. Um, so, yeah, enjoying that. Good shit. Um, I've got I've got a few shows. I've got a few shows to talk about. Um, the OC is what has been Michelle and I's go-to series. California. Um, California, here we go. Um, so we got through, just finished uh, season two. Um, so originally I only, back in the day, I only saw season one of the OC. And then I kind of lost track of, of two, three and four. I'd seen bits and pieces, but not, not all of it. Uh, but we finished season two and it is, it is far more ridiculous than season one. Um, most of season one, it has its moments, but it's mainly kind of sexy teens getting into trouble and having relationships and the odd bit of drama. Uh, season two really kind of ratchets up the soap opera-ness uh, with people having drinking problems and heart attacks and there's a car crash or car accident every other episode. Um, there's about 10 episodes that have a fight at a posh party um, that's a go-to. Someone ends up in the pool at least three or four times. Um, so, yeah, and also the, the Seth Cohen character becomes incredibly annoying in season two as well. Um, goes from being a kind of, you know, lovable geek into just uh, basically an incel. Oh, um, no. Who, who likes comic books and, and thinks women know him everything. It's abysmal. Um, but still enjoying it. We finished that. Looking forward to doing season three and four uh, and seeing kind of how much worse it gets. But yeah, that's been a fun show. Also, finally caught up with Brooklyn Nine Nine season six, which has been added to Netflix. Um, been waiting. I've been. I, what we do is set the series link on the on the um, DVR to record them all. But it, it seems to just record any random series of Brooklyn Nine Nine. So I've got about four hundred episodes most of which seem to be season one and two. Uh, so thank God it's been added to Netflix and I don't have to keep going through those to, to find the relevant ones. Um, but yeah, catching up with that, that's still fun. Um, I actually prefer it now that Gina's left because she was quite an annoying character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's actually improved. It's still very funny. Um, so that's great. And the other thing we started watching was Gravity Falls. <gasps> oh, the- hell yeah! <laughs> on, the, uh, on the Disney Plus network. Um, so that's great. Yeah, we've watched only watched the first five or six episodes, but it's a very fun, sweet kind of show, and I like the mystery aspect to it. It's a little bit of Twin Peaks, a little bit of Eerie Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, mixed with yeah, some some very funny, very funny bits. So it's a great show. Anyone hasn't checked Gravity Falls out yet? When you were talking about the OC, there, I couldn't remember yeah. whether it was like a scripted drama or. Uh, you know, a faux reality show okay. in, in the in kind of the you no, know, because we're watching the soup. This is the only show I watch regularly is the soup, yeah. and they love like, every week. You know, the hills and stuff like that with um, Heidi and Spencer, yeah. Pratt and them. I was like, was the OC kind of the first of that? But then I was looking it up as you were talking about, and it is. Uh, 
It's a no. drama. It's not one of those fake ones. But it maybe was kind of the catalyst for a move in that direction. Because even though it was scripted, it seems to be very much about that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of focused on that type of lifestyle. Sort of Cause, very aspirational. Cause Laguna Beach was something to do with the OC. It was kind of like the real OC yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think it inspired a lot of those uh, kind of series. And that one song that was everywhere. California! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I already watched the soup. The soup's great. I missed the soup. Although they still do the soup on E, but not with Joel McHale. And uh, I, I ain't watching that. Well, uh, you, you can watch Joel McHale host the Tiger King after show now on Netflix. <laughs> I believe so. Um, Which is great. Um, yeah, so uh, we can move on from the telegraph there, I suppose. Move into the game, Goff. What are you playing, Paul, in these these tumultuous times of lockdown? Uh, well, two main games, Barry. Animal Crossing, which I just passed 50 hours on. Ooh! Um, have uh, four rooms in me gaff now. Because we oh. did, we did, because as I mentioned, Natty is a championship level, and I mean that not in the football way, in the United States way, championship level Animal Crossing player, and so she's you know, on an Animal Crossing Discord server and everything, and she said, Paul do you want to join us? We're doing a turnip run, run. okay I was like, I still have not purchased a single turnip, I'm like, I'm intrigued, what's happening, and they say, okay, well what you do is we go, this one person in the group, their turnip person selling the turnips real cheap this other person in the group, you can sell them for real expensive. So you make loads of money. So we made like two million bells or some shit. It was great. Ten. Without ten million that you made. Without like breaking the game or anything. It's like that's a perfectly intended way of playing the game and you're making yeah. loads of money. So yeah. I was like, grand, but fucking building bridges every day, paying for them immediately. I feel like, you know, when a celebrity goes to a car dealership and pays in cash, that's kind of the feeling it gives me. I have the most expensive bridge you you, you have. I'll, I'll pay for it right away. There'll be no need for a loan. <laughs> um, and yeah, I did that. Did you do uh, that fishing tourney that was on the other day? I, I didn't. I haven't been on a whole lot. I, I'm uh, wavering a bit on the old animal. Oh. I'm still playing it. I'm still playing it, but um, I didn't like the Easter stuff. Oh, well, that's um, over. Fuck the Easter. That's, it's that's over. And I and just because like you know, so I was I was gonna say I meant to say during life golf. I mean, this is this has probably been my most lethargic week uh mm. of, of of the quarantine i i have found it difficult this week to sit up and play the video game and watch your show and pay attention that's why i think there's been so much simpsons watch because i can just put it on and it lay there i'm doing i'm doing something that i i really hoped i wouldn't do is i'm doing a lot of just sitting around scrolling the phone like you know uh because the the days are starting to run together so i haven't been doing my usual log on in the morning mm. do my little tasks first thing in the morning put it back Come back in the afternoon, okay? Do a few more things, you know. We plant a few flowers, blah, blah. I have, I haven't really been doing that. And then I, when the the fishing tournament was on, I think I just checked in in the morning to get my my log on bonus and my um to gather a few resources, and that was it. So um, I'm 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 kind of waiting for the, the 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 next stage to open up. I've got one extra room on my gaff, right? 
Um, but I, I kind of want to get to the stage where I'm like, all right, I want to terraform the island. I want to be able to lay paths on my island. I don't know how to get to any of that yet. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of done everything. But um, yeah, my, my my dropping in has... has I'm, still, I'm still dropping in daily, but it has slowed quite a bit. Yeah. Well, do you have Isabel yet? In yes. The, yeah. Okay. Well, then you need to talk to her and get a rating of your island. Get up to three stars. Then KK Slider will come and sing you a song. Okay. And then at that point, you can... Move on from there. Uh, okay. I we we did the fishing tourney, got the full gold trophy and everything. Uh, I have a room in my house, my house now, entirely dedicated to fish. Um, with all my fishing trophies, my fishing rods, my fishing tackle boxes, and a lot of it. Uh, I have a gym in my house now <laughs> with all my gym equipment. Uh, I have in the back my bedroom slash utility room, which has my bed, my desk, and I have my washing machine and my bin and my uh hoover and my brush and my broom and then i have my main kind of cool room where all my cool shit goes that is no real style to it or unique kind of theme it just has everything in it so yeah so i'm i'm with four rooms in my house uh i have all the terraform and stuff although I kind of like the island as it is. Natty is like fucking nuking the place and remaking it from scratch. <laughs> I'm like, I like how my own looks. I'm used to it. I don't want to be changing too much. Maybe I did change one little annoying cliff that makes it just a bit handier to navigate, but little tweaks. I'm more about making the entire island accessible through you know bridges and inclines and all that. So That's kind of what keeps me going. I've also... Made a little spreadsheet with all the fish and the bugs and the fossils and the KK songs, and I'm collecting them what? all. What? Yeah. I've only, I only need one more bug that's currently available. Uh, one more fish. Sorry, two more fish. A, lo- a load of fossils and a load of songs. But uh, taking them off as I get them, just so I know. Like, I need one more bug in April, and then I'm done looking for bugs. I know. Okay, I have all the bugs. Don't need any more until May. And kind of check listening like that. Um, I've been playing Ocarina of Time on the Wii U. Uh, blitzing through that. I almost have it finished. Um, really good, of course. A lot of people would say it's the best game and all that. Uh, it, it does show its age, though. Um, I think, having nearly beaten Ocarina of Time... I prefer Twilight Princess of the two. And although it's newer, I think, I don't know when did Twilight Prince out, like, come out, 07, 08, something like that. And Ocarina of Time is 98, so it's almost the same time difference between, you know, now and something like Uncharted 3, which obviously is a bigger jump because, you know, 3D graphics and all that had had just started. But, like, playing Twilight Princess and then going back to Ocarina of Time, you go... This game is really, really kind of simple. Not only in terms of the the graphics or the gameplay, but even like story wise, there's there's just not a lot to really get your teeth into like there is with Twilight Princess. I think Twilight Princess is a huge step up from Ocarina of Time in, in almost every aspect. Gameplay, soundtrack, graphics, story, pretty much across the board. Um so I would have in my Rank in my official ranking list uh, of the top Zelda games. I would have Twilight above Ocarina of Time. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. Just just going back to it. Maybe if I had played Ocarina and then played Twilight Princess, I'd have a different feeling. But like, even the levels feel very small. Uh, it's only when you become kind of an adult in the game that the levels kind of open up a little bit. The dungeons feel a bit bigger. Um. Yeah, it's just I don't know. And also, um, until you unlock the horse. Which, again, you only do in kind of the latter half of the game. Fucking getting around is the biggest pain in the arse. Because Link moves so slow. Um, whereas in Twilight Princess, you have, like, the wolf Link uh, pretty much from the start of the game. And you can fucking sprint around as wolf Link and you can get around real fast. Um, and then there is, of course, in the latter half, you get also the songs that will, like, teleport you to different locations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some of them are, like weirdly late in the game so i'm i'm in the shadow temple now which is the second to last of the routine dungeons in the game before the big final one and you you only when you start the shadow temple do you unlock the song which will warp you to where the shadow temple is and the shadow temple is next to kakariko village which is like the main village hub in the game Meaning you can never warp there for any of your side quests or anything until you reach this stage of the game. Which is like 85% into the game. That's I feel like that's something you should unlock earlier. Um, I mean, it's not great in time. It's great and I'm, I'm really enjoying playing it. Um, but it's it feels old. It's starting to show its age a little bit. And I think Wind Waker and Twilight Princess... Uh, and Breath of the Wild and games that have come out later have kind of perfected that formula and done it better not Skyward Sword though because Skyward Sword was a little bit shit um, yeah. but yeah that's the, that's the Wii one isn't it the, 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 yeah yeah. I actually don't mind a lot of stuff that people criticise the Wii one for I don't mind like I didn't mind the motion controls I just found it I didn't like the graphics I didn't like the story which are things that people love about it and people often don't like the motion control so I feel like I was completely inverse on where everyone else was on it um, I found a lot of it just very boring uh, so I wasn't really big on Skyward Sword even though I don't think it's as bad as people who hate it say it is um, it's not one I'm going to replay I'm not going to replay Skyward Sword I'm only going to play It's in fact it's the only 3D Zelda I'm not going to replay because <laughs> I just don't want to play it again I'm, I'm, yeah, no. I, I don't think I don't think you're you're going to you know the landscape of of, of what that game is is going to change in, no. if you were to revisit it probably probably I would imagine it might have gotten worse uh, possibly yeah just uh, even thinking about it it's just an annoying game more than bad uh, but yeah Ocarina is real good I only have Spirit Temple uh, and Ganon's Castle to do and then I'm finished with it 100% of it just like I did uh, Twilight Princess. I have all the sculptures so far. I have all the pieces of heart. Doing everything in the game. Oh my god, that one little shooting gallery game. I was like, I'm not going to be able to beat this. Because the aiming in Ocarina is, is shite. Because of that little N64 analog stick. With like zero accuracy whatsoever. And I was like, oh my god, I'm going to have to wait till I get the biggest wallet in the game. And just have a thousand rupees and go back and like try continuously. And then when I finally did go back, I beat it second time. I was like, oh, I could have just done that hours ago. Um, that's all I've been playing anyway. Two of them. Alrighty. Uh, Joe, you playing anything in your lockdown state? Yeah. Um, 
had a hankering this weekend to play some uh, football manager sim. Right. Um, which I haven't done in probably, I'd say, at least seven or eight years since I last properly played uh, a championship manager or a football manager. Um, mainly because of time, you know, having a job makes it hard. Right. Um, but also I lost, kind of lost my passion for the, the uh, football manager sim once they started to make it all kind of complicated. Because right. um, you remember the original games, basically all you did was you could buy a player, you did a little formation, and then you played the game, and that was about it. There was none of this like having press conferences or replying to emails or you know, having to worry about uh, yeah, the player's reaction to comments you made in the media and all this mm. shite. Um, but I had a hankering for it, and so I, I managed to dig out or I found online a kind of demo of Football Manager 2008, Mm. Uh, started playing that, but unfortunately, you only get six months in the demo, and I couldn't find a, a crack to use in it or anything like that. So, gave that up. Then went back even further to play Championship Manager Four, um, which was the last one that I had actually kind of owned on a physical disc. So I managed to download download that online. That was actually from two thousand two three season, I think. So going way back. Um, but then I had problems with that because I was also trying to run that on Windows 10 and there's some kind of error on it that once you get past Christmas, it just erases all the fixtures. So mm. there's just you can just keep progressing, but there's no actual games of football. So I finally gave in and decided to try Football Manager uh, 2020 or Football Manager 20, the latest one. Uh, as I suspected, it was horrendously complicated, and I gave up after about ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, then, good friend of the of the show, uh, Alex Crone, um, gave me a recommendation to try out FM Touch, which is the kind of mobile uh, tablet lightweight version of Football Manager, where there's a lot less of the nonsense, and you pretty much are just, you know, buying players. Uh, picking the team tactics and that kind of thing. Right. So I've been playing that all day today. Um, got through about six months of it. Um, it's actually really, really good. Uh, not too complicated. Um, you can kind of delegate a lot of stuff to the assistant manager or the director of football, which is fun. And yeah, I've been managing United. Um, it's the current United squad, so it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Currently in fifth in the league. Um, started the season pretty well, but we kind of petered out a little bit. Uh, been experimenting with a 3-4-2-1 formation um, with Marcus Rashford up front, Bruno Fernandes and Pereira as kind of dual playmakers in behind. Mm. Uh, and then biggest problem is probably the wing backs because I've got uh, Dallo uh, at right wing back, which isn't his necessarily his best position in the game. And then on the left, Luke Shaw was out injured for a long time. So I was using Williams, uh, the youth player, uh, who's still got, I think, a lot of prog progress to make in the game. Mm. So wing-backs is probably my, my um, weakest area. But it's just been going okay. I'm, I got through to the next round of the uh, uh, Europa League. So I think I might persevere with it. But, uh, yeah, it's a good good game. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. I may have a quick answer at the, uh, the old app store and see if they'll do me a little... Uh, Little dealy. See, uh, yeah, so I got it off Steam because it's on there for 20 quid, which is uh, pretty good. Hmm. Um, only thing is, it doesn't have an editor, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, not for the touch version, anyway, which is a shame because I obviously 
enjoy uh, basically just adding myself into the game and giving myself <laughs> 20, 20 for every attribute. Yeah, they have two here. They have Football Manager 2020 Touch, which I'm guessing is the one that you're talking about. Yes. And Football yeah. Manager 2020 Mobile. Yeah, so I think they are different versions of the game. I mm. think mobile is specifically, obviously, as it says, for mobiles. Yeah. And the Touch, you can get on desktop or on a tablet. Yeah. Uh, 14 euro that's not too bad either of you have attempted to get into the <clears throat> the wrestling sims while we're on lockdown um, I I did used to play those years ago and enjoyed them but I don't I don't think I've got the patience for it now yeah <clears throat> yeah it's a, there is a new one out at the end of this month I, we'll see we'll see how desperate I'm getting um, I, I saw an up up down down uh Xavier Woods playing WrestleMania two thousand. Yes. I did get a little bit of an itch, I must say. Well there's that new Aki evolution thing that's made by modders where it's like yeah. um all the best elements from basically all the 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 N sixty four games squished together a couple of graphical mods so it's not it doesn't look like you know 2k20 but it, you know it looks like a uh a cleaned up game and they've got like an all-time roster in there They're, they've only got like i think i haven't downloaded i have not tinkered around with it too much uh but it's got like rock austin john cena cm punk sting and rick flair i think are the starting roster um and there's a bunch of stuff on the main menu with options that were not in the original games it's grayed out because obviously it's a work in progress but they want to put in like hell in a cell tlc Mm. Uh, death matches and stuff so yeah you know if, if you but also if you just want to download a, an n64 emulator and just play regular ass wrestlemania 20 that's that's also viable i mean um, i also have wrestlemania 2000 on the nintendo 64 so i can just play it oh but i have an emulator hang on a second now look at me look at me <laughs> i have it i have it um <clears throat> I, uh, I, I've been playing some old games. So I'm still tipping away on uh, uh, um, The Outer Worlds, which I'm about halfway through, kind of breezing through it. Uh, it's pretty easy, I've, I've kind of found, the more I've dug into it. Uh, you know, I'm kind of breezing through a, a lot of it, but that's fine. Uh, I'm enjoying the story and the world and all that. I think that's interesting. Um, I downloaded a game I bought on Steam years and years and years ago, but I decided to... to in, uh, install it because i wanted to revisit it uh gta san andreas um, yes 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 and i had to do a little bit of a modification i'm a hacker now i am um, so there's a couple of first of all just trying to get it to run was actually a bit of a problem because my my uh modern laptop has a, a big screen that's at a slightly different resolution like the game is set up to run in modern resolutions but like 720p is about as high as it goes so my laptop is at a, a weird higher resolution so i had to set the laptop to a I, you know look kind of the desktop looks all shitty and weird when i have it set this way because i'm like it's a big screen that i'm asking to downgrade to 720p so i got it running but then of course uh in 20 14 or 15 or something like that they patched like 18 songs out of the game because obviously this game this game came out in 2004 so they've lost the license for a couple of them so it's like well i'm sure there's a solution to this and so i went down to the steam forums and they were like okay here's how you downgrade your game 
to a previous copy of the game uh, that still has the songs in it. And then I did that. And then it's like, oh, but when you do that, that earlier version doesn't have controller support. And I'm like, well, I'm not playing with a, I'm not playing Grand Theft Auto with a keyboard and mouse. So I was like, right, let's figure out how to stick that back in. It was all very straightforward. So I got it up and running. Um, and it's it's it looks but doesn't look great by the standards of like GTA Five. But yeah, I played the first couple of missions. I was like, yeah, I might I might stick with this. You know, while I'm on lockdown, I've I've wanted to revisit GTA San Andreas for for ages. Um, and so yeah, I played a couple of missions and I got it going with the Xbox One controller. And uh, it's still good, you know, still still a fun world. You got all the music in there and it looks nice. Um, and yeah, so I, I might tip away at that uh, in the in the coming weeks. Also, because it was a quid on Steam, I also I also downloaded and also modified the old soundtrack back into Crazy Sound uh, Crazy Taxi. Um, I'm kind of glad that was that was just a quid because I downloaded it. I, I I put in the thing to get the original music in. I played like 30 minutes, and I was like. Okay, that's Crazy Taxi. I know exactly what it is. There, there's a reason you, you put a quid into this, played at the arcade, and then moved on with your day. Um, but uh, it was it's it's it was a fun little nostalgia trip. So uh, I imagine <laughs> the longer this this whole situation goes on, there might be a lot of the old. Oh, I'll grab this old thing and and tinker around with it on the laptop. You know, I, I I've been toying with the idea of playing some old wrestling games myself. So uh, yeah. Um, that's been my uh, my game guff this week. Um, you can probably move into movie guff. Not a lot of movies this week, Lance. Um, no. no, I don't think we did start watching one uh, movie called Animals, um, which stars um, oh god, what's her name from Arrested Development? Um, maybe. Oh, god, what's her name? What's her real fucking name? Um, anyway, she's in this movie. It's about these two friends. Uh, I won't bore you with all the details because basically we switched it off after an hour because uh, it was so annoying. Um, it's actually set in Ireland, but I don't know if it's an Irish-made movie because the two main characters are one's English, one's American. Um, but basically, they're, they're just the most annoying kind of self-involved awful, unbearable uh, twats um, that you'll ever meet. And I think we only kind of kept it on for that long because I thought Michelle wanted to watch it and she <laughs> thought I was I was enjoying it. Um, so not, neither of us said anything <laughs> for about an hour. <laughs> we switched it off and started watching uh, Gogglebox on Channel 4, which was uh, infinitely more entertaining. Ali a shortcut. I looked up the Wikipedia article for this film and let me read yeah. out a, a very small excerpt from the plot here. See if this is your kind of film, uh, Barry, right? Okay. Inevitably, the dynamics of the various relationships change and more so after they become friends with a poet, Marty, to whom Laura is attracted and his circle <laughs> of literary friends. Laura struggles to make progress with her novel throughout the film. No, I don't like... I don't, I don't like writers writing about writers i don't like that uh so uh i i won't be in a rush to watch that one yeah it was pants um yeah that was it really uh i watched two movies like the entire rest of the world i watched contagion which is the uh 2011 steven soderbergh um sort of contagious outbreak thriller thing 
that kind of got some renewed um, uh, popularity in light of the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, it is uh, weirdly, uh, um, you know, similar and, and all that. And it's also a decently well-made uh, uh, thriller uh, with a great cast. You've got Lawrence Fishburne, you got Gwyneth Paltrow, Mark Ruffalo, um, uh, tons of other people in there, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other scene, you're like, oh, the, oh, the, oh, there's, the, oh, there's that person. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, characters are just kind of flat. It's very, I think it very much just, it's, it's, it's kind of in a weird way. It's best looked at through the lens of, of how how realistic it is at conveying a a, a spread of something like this. And I, I think actually at the time it came out, it was it was praised as well for for being very grounded in realism. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as a as a character story, I feel like it's the the the, the human element is very flat. And and for as good as the cast is, they don't really jump off the screen in any in any major way. But it was all right. It was an all right watch. Um, I also watched Shutter Island, uh, mm. which I had never seen before. Uh, this was the Martin Scorsese film I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, obviously, completely not like anything else he's ever done that I've seen. Um, uh, a, a much weirder, darker, and more uh, kind of off the wall uh, movie. Uh, very intriguing, and not not uh, doesn't put doesn't play things super straight, uh, which is not a way I describe his other films. Um, but really enjoyable. Uh, I, I I thought it was well made. I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought you could kind of get a feel for where it was going around the halfway point. But at the same time, I thought the way it unfolded and the way it, it delivered on that ending was, was, was pretty good and pretty satisfying. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be an interesting one to, to reflect on when he, when he calls it a career because it's uh, it's it's not it's it's not what you would consider in his typical wheelhouse, but it has his stay his same you know, kind of decently high benchmark quality as well. So yeah, Shutter Island, uh, good stuff. Yeah, I like Shutter Island a lot. It's almost more a point. It's not necessarily Chris Nolan-y feeling, but yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like a Scorsese. It feels like it feels like a something else. It kind of yeah, like, it it's kind of a Absolutely. bit noiry at points. Yeah, I like it. And that's the only uh, movie I watched. No, yeah, I didn't watch any films uh, or any telly. Just Ocarina of Time. That's all I've been doing. Play it every night. Um, Should we move in then to to our, our big the, the the grandest stage of them all? Uh, the big finale. Let me open it up. It's funny though because this was you know for intents and purposes a March Madness bracket gimmick, and now what are we in the middle of April finishing it off? Hey, it's the fucking pandemic. That's what it is. All right, so we're gonna finish off our quit that infernal bracket. Uh, our our quest to find out who is the best wrestler currently on WWE and AEW's rosters. So, we're at the quarterfinal uh, stage. We're going to go all the way to the final today. Uh, so, we'll start off with John Cena, fresh off his uh, his walk down memory lane on the Firefly Funhouse match at Mania. Mm-hmm. Against Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena, who has eliminated so far 
Alistair Black in the first round and Pack in the last 16 and Matt Jackson who's eliminated Kofi Kingston in the first round and Pentagon Jr. in the last round I'd, I'd say those are all solid eliminations that I, I don't have regrets about um, uh, we got the better buck through and I think we got him a, a nice respectable way up the up the league but I'm, I'm feeling like John Cena has to win here um, big, big match John Big match John over big match Matt. I think I'm going to have to agree on that one. Yeah, I think John's the clear winner. I have to go with John on that one. Um, big, big boy. Yeah, I think as well with Cena now, you, you, we can talk historically about all oh, the great John Cena matches and that's something we've kind of leaned into so far when doing this is uh, remember when remember oh, the money in the bank mm-hmm. and uh, John Cena great matches with Shawn Michaels and CM Punk and the lot of it Edge but I tell you what now that John Cena moves into more legend status mm-hmm. there's a bit more something more special about seeing a John Cena match these days and again given the chance or given the option probably plump for a John Cena match right now rather than yeah. a Matt Jackson match I mean I, I watched the Firefly Funhouse twice and I was very entertained by it there you I go. thought Cena, Cena kind of digging into his past was very entertaining so you got to give it to him there you go uh, we will then go to Samoa Joe Mm. Mm, that's a very Samoan noise Barry just made. Against Ray, I don't even know what that means. Against Ray Mysterio. Oh, oh. Uh, oh. this is tough. It's t- it is tough. It is tough. Who do you like, like my, more? My gut, my gut is telling me Ray Mysterio, but it's like they've had such two completely different careers that it's it, that that's making it harder to 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 definitively say. It, it almost is kind of the quintessential legitimateness and badassness versus the quintessential spectacular high flying, you know? They're, they're almost the perfect lab made examples of their two, you know, styles. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> I, I think I would go for Ray. Because if you had to, if you ask me now, if I had to choose between a Samoa Joe match and a Rey Mysterio match, yeah, I'd probably go for a Rey match because I think you think Joe's lost a step. Um, I don't think. He, I mean, yes, probably, but even even if he had, and even if this was a few years ago, I think Rey would still be the more likely to to just give that kind of something in the ring. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably if I if I was to pose myself the old the old Scott McAvoy question of look like I can I can just watch one of these two's careers, um, it'd be that makes it almost harder in some ways. But I think my answer would be Rey Mysterio. I mean, if you frame it that way, I think Ray has had less shine in his career. Joe true, definitely had true. a little bit of a, a sticky patch, mm. um, and Ray inarguably has had kind of higher heights than Joe has. I think of the two, I still prefer Samoa Joe. 
but I think we'll have Rey Mysterio go through here. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe, by the way, had eliminated uh, Kenny Omega and Kevin Owens. The two KOs. Wow. The two KOs before being KO'd himself. That's a that's a good that's a good run for good Joe. Run. To be fair, uh, and Mysterio had eliminated uh, Moxley and Orton. Jeez, Rey Mysterio, the legend killer here. <laughs> right, we have uh, Young versus Old here. AJ Styles, Darby Allen. Whoa. Uh, now AJ eliminated Ricochet already, so he's kind of already done this once. Uh, Ricochet and Roman Reigns mm. and Darby Allen. You might say a little bit of an easier run. He's he's got the old uh, the old Liverpool FA Cup run here. Um, <laughs> Cesaro and Andrade. <laughs> Jabronis. <laughs> uh, ooh. Now we we are living in a post Boneyard match as well. Uh, which, which, which I loved. I, I loved. See, it's really hard to run against the the career breadth of AJ Styles. It is. Haver of Paul's like five favorite matches. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now this might be one that in 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 five years time, um, you know, when when mm. when when Barry's dead, me and Joe are still doing the <laughs> podcast. We yeah. we might. Yeah. <laughs> he died of the, the coronavirus weirdly enough for four years after the pandemic um, <laughs> that we look you know, this this might be one they say ah oh, Darby Allen, of course Darby Allen, but god it's so early in uh, in Darby Allen's not early in his career but early in him early in so far as him being in the mainstream and being known you, you gotta go styles don't you also in my favourite matches and all that although Samoa Joe was as well and he's just he gone I I will vote for AJ I, I will also have to vote for AJ as 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 compelling a prospect as Darby is and he might be my my favourite currently active like wrestler on TV like he's he's great and I, I, I have such high hopes for him but you know, it's AJ Styles. That's this is a weird, this is a weird matchup because we are talking about someone who's just a couple of years in and is it might be a new prodigy, but versus a guy who was a prodigy 15 years ago and has delivered on 15, 20 years ago at this stage, exactly, um, and has and has delivered basically every step of the way up until very very recently. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Darb Derby's kind of like um, maybe Germany in 2010 World Cup. Like not quite ready, you know. Yeah. Next time he'll probably be the the champion, but for for, for now, AJ is still gonna still gonna reign supreme. Yeah. Uh, and then final one, we have Brock Lesnar Oof. and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Now Brock Lesnar is eliminated. The fiend Bray Wyatt in a, in a one minute mauling, <laughs> and Cody Rhodes, the reigning, defending world total package of the year award winner. Uh, Daniel Bryan's eliminated. Ray, uh, sorry, Seth Rollins and Chris Jericho. Hmm. 
This is a toughie. This is a toughie. This this could be the final. This is the hardest. This is the hardest one. And as I say this, I don't know who I'm picking. Um. Hmm. <sighs> like like Brian probably has more stuff spread across his career, but but Brock is a once in a lifetime human. And all the all the, the the valleys of his career and the bits where he went away and all this other stuff, that's part of his mystique and part of what makes him uh, uh, so fascinating, you know? I mean, I remember UFC 100 was the first UFC that I ever watched live. And I remember the excitement of Brock being in the UFC at the time. So great. And those whatever... Seven UFC fights he had, six or seven. Ah, uh, it was it was the the peak of getting up or staying up and being excited for ah, Brock's fight tonight. Ah, class. Yeah. Um. But Daniel Bryan, though. Uh, I I'm I'm leading Bryan because we're talking about like the most consistent performer. Mm. Uh, of of again twenty years, um, even though again it, it's just but, but when Brock fucks off, it's like an event. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's <laughs> like you're just fascinated by his entire existence. But the breadth of Daniel Bryan's work and the the variety of his work up and down the card, up and down the different promotions. I just I think I think he's a, a, a generational you know wrestler as well. Um, I, I'd have to go Bryan. Mm. I don't know. For me, it's 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 a lot closer because I think when you consider the the high highlights of Daniel Bryan, there's definitely a few. But I even for a lot as good as he's been, as consistent as he's been in his run, he's kind of blended in a little bit, especially lately. Mm. Um, but he's only human. It's true. Unlike Brock, who's some kind of fucking Venom virus Arkham Asylum shit. Uh, that's real tough. I'll go... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going back and forth. I'm going back and forth. I'm... I don't I'm going to go for Brock Lesnar. Ah! Don't make my life any easier. Just because when I think about it, the number of matches, really, really interesting kind of matches and angles he's had, I think probably definitely surpassed Brian, or in WWE at least. Because uh, Brian only really had 2010 through to uh, when was WrestleMania 30? 2014. So for those four years, and of course the Ring of Honor stuff. Brock Lesnar. It's down to Paul. <sighs> it's weird because the, the, the peak Brock, like the best of Lesnar, is, is some of the stuff that I've enjoyed the most in WWE in the last decade. Uh, and I think when he's on, he's so great. And yet... These like four minute main events that he's been doing the last five years 
have, have annoyed me to no end. Not even so much, like I think I mentioned this last week, not even so much the uh, the part-timer shtick that he... Pe- people don't even seem to be so annoyed about that anymore, but that people used to really... He's not even on Raw every week! That, one, that was fine, because that only made him more mysterious and like at event. But the fact now that the payoff to this is a, f- a fucking three-minute WrestleMania main event is is to me unforgivable. Um, so with that being said, and as much as I agree with both of you and both of your picks, I'm going to go Daniel Bryan. The little guy wins again. Because I still consider um, WrestleMania 30 my favorite WrestleMania. Of them all. And that little Daniel Bryan storyline was was done to perfection. Right, semi-final time. So we're back. People are back already. Like a fucking we're, ta- we're taping all the matches in one because That's of the fire. We're doing a bulk tape in here. <laughs> so semi-final number one: John Cena, AJ Styles. Ooh. Many great matches together. Yeah. 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 This is great because they occupy like the same era, basically, but they had the two most divergent possible um, uh, careers uh, where one of them was, you know, plucked from obscurity, basically, and immediately had the rocket strapped him in WWE. Meanwhile, the other one went everywhere else and he toiled in TNA. Um, I'll point out as well, by the way, for as much as we love Dynamite, there's no AEW people left in the tournament. And there, in fact, there were only two left in the quarterfinals, which were Matt Jackson and Darby Allen. Mm. It's just the look of the draw. Yeah, it's partly the draw, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of promise. All the WWE guys are from 20 years ago. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not really So Cena, Cena, AJ. Hmm. I'm going to give my vote to Styles because as someone who never really stopped watching in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, I don't know without 2004, 2005, and even going to go into 2006, TNA with AJ Styles and the Bays, the Pete Williams, the Chris Abens, who aren't on this list, unfortunately. I don't know that I would have um, kept watching because I think I needed something fresh and something better to keep me interested at a time where like fucking JBL was the champion on one show Triple H had been champion for two years on the other show Uh, so the thing about John Cena lads is that I feel like We've all given him a lot of credit and said, oh, you know, maybe we didn't appreciate him in the mid-2000s or whatever else. We didn't, you know, we didn't appreciate his back catalogue of matches as much as we do now. But to be fair, I think you have to be fair and also say that while we were, everyone was bored of John Cena and sick of his shit, AJ Styles was the man, you know, um, in in our hearts and minds, of course. Uh, And so that might speak to his back catalogue of matches. Hmm. 
Yeah. I think I'm leaning towards AJ, even though Cena's been in a lot of my favourite matches. Just because I, I, like AJ, probably for the last year or two, not been quite up to the, the previous standard. But you know, the Boneyard match was great. It's a very tough call because it's kind of like wanting to vote for Cena in spite of not having always liked him. Or voting for AJ because of his, you know, back kind of history and body of work. Um, my head's saying AJ, my heart's saying Cena. I think I'm going to go for Cena. Oh! I'm going AJ. Oh. I'm going AJ. I... I'm also going to go AJ. Oh, tough call. It is very tough, but uh, he was my favorite match of all time. So you got a little bit of bias for me. Um, also that big long rant I went on that apparently no one heard. Uh, match number <laughs> two of the semi-finals. Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> the two wee lads. Oh, this should be the final. Well, you know who's waiting in the final for the winner. <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Daniel Bryan. I was actually also gonna say I'm gonna go Daniel Bryan. Yeah. For all Ray's kind of greatness, I just have more of a personal preference for Bryan. Yeah. So I think that edges that kinda of edges it. Great great respect for the wee man, but greater affection for the slightly bigger man. Sli- slightly less wee man. Yeah. I think I'd go for Bryan as well, but I, I will point out how exciting it was in two thousand and two when Rey Mysterio was new and fresh on the SmackDown scene with his little jump out of the floor entrance and cool music and a different mask every week. Oh, he was great. Uh, Then, as Barry said the other week, then he got fat for a little bit. And then he left for a while and then he came back. As as is his right. And he did once call Chavo Guerrero a piece of shit, which was very, (laughs) very funny. Uh, Okay. Final time or finals, as they call it in America, even though there's only one of them. Um, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. Who I feel like AJ might have done better in this final here. My pick is Daniel Bryan. I'll go straight out and say my pick is Daniel Bryan. <laughs> I feel like AJ might have done better against someone who isn't so similar to him. Because I look at Daniel Bryan and I think they have a lot of similarities in their career paths. And I just think, okay, they're similar kinds of wrestlers and they've walked a similar line. And I just think Daniel Bryan's way better and more my kind of wrestler and and someone I'm more invested in. Whereas I feel like if the final was AJ and John Cena, I'd really be be marinating on it for a bit. But uh, Daniel Bryan's the boy. We got to go with the, the total package. 
Well, for the exact same reason, I'm going to pick AJ Styles. <laughs> and it's just a, it's just a, a question of what I enjoy more. Like when I think of again that X Division era, well, X Division era, fucking X Division still a thing, but that like early 2000s X Division Ultimate X era the, with AJ, PD Williams, Chris Saban, uh, and the rest of them. Fuck, he was so good. Like, unbelievably, eye-poppingly good. And as much as I love Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan's the best technician, best technical wrestler in the world ever. But, like, AJ Styles, like when I played Ocarina of Time for the first time, fuck, I didn't even realize that was possible in wrestling. You could go anywhere in this game. <laughs> so, I mean, I gotta go AJ based on that. And so, Joe, the whole tournament comes down to your one vote. Ooh, ooh. Well, I do, I do really, really like AJ Styles. Um, when he debuted at the Royal Rumble 2016, that was one of the most exciting debuts probably ever in WWE history. And had some great matches. He was great in TNA, even though I wasn't always a huge TNA fan, but <clears throat> he always put on fantastic matches. He was the, the franchise of, of that whole brand and really once he left that it, it, there was nothing left for that that yeah. company that shell of a organization um however for all the reasons i outlined um at the start of the year when voting for daniel bryan as uh the total package of the decade um i'm gonna have to vote for daniel bryan to win our inaugural quit that infernal bracket uh, great wrestler, great bloke. Became a very entertaining character as well. Great guy, Daniel Bryan. Oh. Right man won. God bless AJ Styles, but right man won. <laughs> Paul, thoughts? Your boy? Ah, the, look, did we give Daniel Bryan the total package of the decade, did we? Yes, we did. Yes, 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 yes. Pointless effort this was then. <laughs> we already knew the winner from <laughs> the very beginning. Well, there you go. Okay, very good. Well, I hope people enjoyed listening to us discuss it anyway. Uh, I posted just in the Skype there a little uh, f- final um, bracket, but which I suppose we can post in a little while so people can listen first and not be spoiled on it. Um. Uh, but very good. There we go. So we'll that was... we'll keep that in the pocket and uh, come back to it maybe at some stage when we have a week where nothing's fucking happened. Yeah. Uh, so next week we will have uh, Chris <laughs> that Infernal bracket round two. <laughs> um, yes, but uh, moving deeper into the world of the wrestling guff. There was uh, some new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Are you lads up to date? Yeah. Uh, well, I've only watched one episode of, of the whole series. Okay. Uh, which was the Brawl for All. Um, I've, I've not I've kind of avoided watching them, but that popped up on YouTube as a kind of suggested viewing, and I was kind of interested in the Brawl for All, so I watched that. Um, it was interesting to get some insider thoughts on it and how it kind of came about. I didn't really know much about the origins of it. Um, the only thing I say that this series, I haven't seen the rest, obviously, but this episode was thoroughly fucking depressing. Um, considering the topic was this 
goofy, you know, half shoot tournament from the Attitude Era that everyone looks back on as a kind of, you know, wrestle crap novelty. Wasn't that hilarious? Spark gun knocked out everyone sort of thing. This portrayed it as if it were like the Benoit murders times 10. Like it was so depressing. Um, and I thought in a very kind of deliberate way as well. Like I don't, I don't see how the brawl for all was that bad of a thing. Like everyone involved pretty much went on to have successful careers. Um, yeah, like I know Droz ended up breaking his neck in a in a match with Delo Brown, but I'm pretty sure that was like a year later. It didn't have that felt really tacked on. It was really bad. It was like I feel like they probably felt like they had to because they interviewed him and he's in a wheelchair. Because he, he's very visibly like like um, in you know in a, you know paralyzed from the neck down, and they're talking about this shoot tournament where people were getting hurt left, right, and center. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the irony is that that was in a fake match. <laughs> he didn't get injured in the in the real shit. It was in the the fake power bomb. Um, but they, yeah, and all the other stuff, and like Bart Gunn as well. Like yeah, okay, he was a jobber in WWE, but he'd go on to all Japan and had a you know a bit of a career there. Um, it wasn't a complete disaster. And then you had other people like you know, Godfather and these other guys who went on to like huge Bradshaw. success in the company. So. Left me with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth watching the. Watching it was the true though the point that like that the brawl for all despite the fact that people went on to have good careers they didn't they almost went on to have good careers despite the brawl for all rather than like no one got over from it everyone <laughs> almost everyone without exception got injured in some way and it's crazy because the injuries weren't even necessarily because of the fu- like torn triceps and torn hamstrings and stuff just yeah. stupidest incidental injuries caused by it um yeah I, I i found the episode quite interesting only insofar as i i didn't know huge about huge amount about the the the, the broth for all the reasons for mm-hmm. it and and the early stuff obviously the the butterbean bart gun match is is infamous and it's funny hearing about it that it was it was essentially just a punishment because they fucked up for getting over. Forget yeah. well, not for winning, and not even, not even for getting over, but for the co- costing the Steve Williams plan. Um, which that 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 the people in wrestling who loved Steve Williams, God rest him, they just seem so delusional about his prospects as a as a as a. a, a foil for steve austin like well at the end of the day if that was if if he was really going to make it as that you would have done a fake storyline with him to to, exactly. to to get him there and there was who was it on wasn't russo maybe was it who someone on it on the documentary said you know steve williams best years were behind them anyway this <laughs> probably wasn't really yeah, he's, much he was like 38 when this happened um, which now would be which now would be NXT champion but back then, <laughs> then it was ancient but like but like Cornette was like I went up to Russo and I was like you just cost this company five million dollars five million dollars at what point was Dr. Death going to make you five million dollars like it was just it was because the, there is those little moments in these in these dark sides of the ring where you're like alright so you, you you probably should have had you know, but that's, it doesn't matter that much but you know don't be taking everything these guys say at face value um, I will say that that yeah for, for as Joe said for something that wasn't the heaviest subject matter it certainly felt very heavy 
um, uh, for someone who's who's not a wrestling fan, my, my girlfriend's been absolutely loving Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and but I mentioned the New Jack episode, and then this episode, it's just like I just don't, don't wrestling doesn't seem good at all. It just seems like like all the nice people get taken advantage of and chewed up and spit out, and then all the the horrible people just take advantage of everyone. And Vince McMahon's the worst asshole in the world. It's like well, okay, a you've bit, a little bit like life, am I right? A, a little, oh, <laughs> there you go. So it's actually just a microcosm of everything. But yeah, like little does she know that like the fucking Owen Hart episode is coming up soon. But um, Jesus. but yeah, it was it was it. I thought yeah, it was going to be a bit more banterific than it was. It was a bit grim. Um, you know, poor. I felt kind of bad for Bart Gunn because he kind of living his his normal life, and you kind of got the feeling that he, it, you know, he kind of wished he wasn't living his normal life. If you know what I mean, like he kind of yeah. wished he could have he could have been something. Um, uh, yeah, and Russo usually Cornette comes off like the madman, and Russo comes off like aloof. But in this one, Cornette kind of came off a little bit more justified, and Russo came off like a, a sociopath. I thought, um, <laughs> you know. Russo was loving watching it again. He was, yeah, bro. This is oh, let th- th- me tell you. Oh, I'm, I'm entertained watching this, bro. Ah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched also the new Jack one. Um, fuck ha- the the fact that New Jack isn't right at this second in prison is some kind of miracle. Um, I don't know if. You know, potentially there's a, a Paul Heyman coming in with a briefcase that we've not heard about, uh, similar to the old uh, Snooker story. But uh... <laughs> I don't know how much like there's obviously so he he tells the Vic Grimes story like that was like that was legit, which I don't think it was. Um, but also, I I never before heard of this story of him stabbing a guy, and then the guy agrees to drop charges if if New Jack agrees to make an angle out of it, and then New Jack skips town. Like I'd never heard that story before. Um, that that episode was kind of a wild trip into the psyche of New Jack more than anything else. Yeah, it was just like yeah, it was like four chapters of here's the wacky crazy, not even wacky. Wacky doesn't even sum it up, but like. All the incidents that he was involved in where he he went to court, he nearly went to jail, he went to jail, and then he got out, and then it, that is just fucking mad. Like, how does anybody work with you, Jack? As as real as he is as a character is like crazy. Yeah. Crazy man. Um I love all his stories as well though. Talk about like a bit of levity. All his stories started with, well, I was doing cocaine, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then this happened, and well, I was high, I was on coke, you know. And they, you know, they had the um, Tyson Dukes playing Benoit in the in the Benoit oh, yeah. one, and yeah. then in the brawl for all, they had the same thing. And here he had at the very end, which was the, the absolute best part of it, was like, where do you hope you are when you're sixty, New Jack, and <laughs> doing cocaine, and then it had the the old man silhouette <laughs> face full of cocaine. Was, oh man, that cracked me up. That was great. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the next one. I think the snooker one is the next one, is it? Uh, yes, yeah. Interesting to see what angle they take on that one. Uh, yeah, so they've got uh, the snooker one, a road warriors one, 
And then Owen Hart. I might be missing no, one. No, there's, there. there's, there's a few. There's a... Owen Hart one is the finale. The Owen Hart one is the finale, yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple of middling ones then, I think. Let me have a quick gander. Uh, yeah, David Schultz, Herb Abrams, and the UWF Road Warriors. Oh, yes, yeah, Earth, yeah, yeah. And Dino Bravo, the assassination of Dino Bravo. And then Wrestlicious. I think that's the. Ooh, <laughs> Wrestlicious, baby! The scandal of Wrestlicious. Women wrestling. Right after this. <laughs> So there you go. Um, speaking of dynamite, how is that this week? They are doing a elite delete final deletion. Yeah, that's yeah. that sounds interesting. I mean, if anyone's gonna do a good fun one, it's gonna be Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah. Um. But definitely, I feel, and not having not even watched whatever Gargano and Champa did, uh, even with just the WrestleMania weekend ones, I do feel like I need a break before the next one. You know, because they've been coming hot and heavy lately. Um, yeah, even just the few we got at WrestleMania. Even the few we got, and, and and given how different they were, I still feel like okay, I need to <laughs> not see one of those for six months. Um, Jericho was great on commentary on this. Yeah, he kind of split the difference between comedy and, and actually being an interesting commentator, I think. He's great at getting people attention and getting people over. He's great at it. Um, I really like the women's match. I think this is probably the best AEW women's match I've seen so far. Yeah, Sheeta really enjoyed Baker. it. Really, really great. Uh, the tag team match went on for a while. I thought I thought it was funny. Did go yeah, was right. It did go on a little bit though. Um, best friends got the win over one half of the tag team champions. So presumably there will be something in the future relationship. They showed these um, Moxie Hager like UFC style video packages. Yeah, and I thought Moxie came off quite well. Hager came off as a non-blinking shark-eyed weirdo. <laughs> well, that's what he is, I think. Like, he came off like he was reading it off cue cards, and he would go, like, four minutes without blinking once. Uh, <laughs> as he monotonously read the script off. Um, I mean, although the I like the style of the package, I think showing him doing his MMA training a bit more and talking a bit less might have come across better because he's got like no charisma whatsoever no, um, and then I, they, they're interviewing his wife again you just had him having his like legs stretched in the background cut all that shit out why is the wife talking on this and she's like she's like trying to be like a pro wrestling like manager I think and he's he's very much just being as you described him you know <laughs> Rubbish. Uh, anything else interesting happened? They, they had the Matt Hardy promo, obviously, which yeah. is which is very good. But I feel like Jericho has kind of stolen his thunder a little bit. Ironically, Jericho, in a sense, is doing that shtick better than Matt Hardy does it. Well, look, I think Matt Hardy should be grateful because I, I, I think the longer he works with Jericho, the less, the less people. Um, 
are likely to say, "Oh, I'm fed up with this." Yeah, this uh, Matt stuff. Yeah. Um. The their the Brody Lee stuff continues as well. It wasn't happening. I I'm into it. I think it's funny. I am a little bit as well. I don't know what I, it is quite about it though. I think Maybe? like it's obviously silly and it's a little bit you know on the nose or whatever. But I I, I don't know. I just think I I think it's a a funny little send up and I think it's an interesting character for him as a performer as well. I guess what I like about it is that it's just it's different enough from everything else going on. It's not what my fear for what the the Dark Order was was another spooky supernatural gimmick and they've kind of taken it in a different direction so I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for that I think I think Brody Lee himself still comes off a little bit stiff and a little bit Jake Hagery but mm-hmm. um, there's promise there at least uh, and then Cody Sean Spears main event I kind of just zoned out during this I thought it was alright. I thought it was better than the all-out match, funnily enough. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of... Uh, found myself looking at the wall. It is Sean Spears, to be fair. Yeah. And then he pinned him with a figure four at the end. That was rubbish, yeah. I like the idea of establishing other ways of losing and stuff like that, but that was... He looked terrible. He He was so paralysed by pain that he couldn't roll his shoulder up, I guess was the point. Or he was just too much... He was so much in pain, he didn't want to submit, but he also took the easy way out of being pinned by it. Um, But kicked out of two crossroads. So that didn't make any sense. That was the same as... Uh, well, not the same, but similar to Seth Rollins hitting Kevin Owens with the bell and then being fooled back into continuing the match, even though he had already taken the easy way out. Why, why would Spears not kick out of the figure four after kicking out of two crossroads? Well, yeah, I, I didn't like he, him doing the old Kurt Angle and TNA thing of, uh, well, I'm just going to let everyone kick out of my finish now. Yeah. Because that's what I like about um, One Winged Angel is people don't kick out of it. Yeah, yeah. Which makes the feel, oh, that's his finish. That's a good finish. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, and then one final story. The old nail in the coffin. Mm. XFL. The biggest victim of this whole <laughs> coronavirus. I'm surprised they didn't just do the matches from the performance center. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe in the parking lot, maybe. Yeah. Well, it was an FL was a football league. Now it's an XFL. Ayo! Oh! Done him. Done him. Yeah. <laughs> XFL. It lasted for five weeks this time. Yeah, I didn't even get through the whole season. No. Admittedly a different circumstance than the first time around. Yeah. Yeah, God. Now, I wonder if he's going to be tempted to do it again because now there's a big what if. Oh, we, we were doing better this time and then it died. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the, yeah. the reins were, were dwindling a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't doing, you know, as insanely poorly. well or anything, but, you know. No. 
Uh, and then it came out that WWE owned 25% of it. Mm. Thereabouts. According to Sports Illustrated, where I saw the story after yeah. Joe sent it to me. So, yeah, it looks like Vince's legacy, he's going to go down as the wrestling guy, whether he <laughs> likes it or not. <laughs> Who would have thought it? He's not in the entertainment business, he's in the wrestling business. <laughs> Congratulations, Ted. I'm also in the wrestling business. <laughs> um, also in the news, that film is out now, the main event. As is the Big Show show. As is the Big Show show. I think that that's something that we need to... <laughs> I knew you were I think that's something we need to do next week so that, don't watch oh. it don't watch it and next week we'll we'll do a live first we will, like not even okay. a fucking commentary where we know the film we're just gonna watch it cold oh great uh ign gave the main event a five and called it oh. mediocre okay uh, it has a 4.6 on imdb it has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. Uh, with a 36% audience score. Even the, the, the audience is like kids. Well, there you go. Mommy, I can't suspend my disbelief for this. <laughs> you watch the fucking Fire High Funhouse. You watch this shite. This, it's another How... cinematic match. How do you... How long is this godforsaken film that we're going to watch? Ah, oh, it'll be 90 minutes, probably. Okay. <laughs> probably. Probably, he said. It is. Yeah. It's uh, um, 1 hour 41. Yeah, 101 minutes. 101 Fair. minutes. 101 minutes. All right, next week, coming your way, folks. Red Hot. It's the return of the Chair Shot Podcast audio commentary. So if you have not yet watched the main event, the latest collaboration between WWE and Netflix, add it to your list. Don't watch it yet. And check back on your podcast feeds this time next week. We'll have a commentary up here. You can sync it up there and we will uh, get going. So uh, that's a great idea from Paul there, but you're absolutely not. We're not doing it for the entire series of the big show show. I'll tell you that much. Um, But uh, we will be back. So with that next week, Uh, if you want to send us mails and stuff like that, you can do that. We'll read them the following week, chairshoppodcast.com and all of that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with that. So until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Joe Tower. Goodbye. Goodbye.